0: In our first installment of the Mentored by Adversity series for Season 2, More Than a Pod, we're actually going to be focusing on Kobe Bryant and deconstructing the Mamba mentality from a leadership perspective. Accountability, self-confidence, the pursuit of excellence, all great attributes that he exhibited, so you're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned for Episode 27 of the Legacy and Leadership Podcast. Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast. A show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host Anthony Devon Watch Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. Welcome back, Legacy Leaders, to the Legacy in Leadership podcast presented to you by the Legacy Leadership Learning Group. Uh, I am your co-host, Jimmy Gonzalez, along with my good friend and co-host, Devon Watts Jr. Remember, this is a show where we teach you really what it takes to live as a leader worth following, how to lead others to do the same, and then in doing so, really leave a legacy for future generations. Uh, If you're new uh, or you're a loyal listener, we definitely please ask you to rate and review this podcast. Uh, We would definitely sincerely appreciate that very much. And if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, we would love for you to like the video and also subscribe to the channel. Uh, And then make sure that you share this with another individual that you know would be able to benefit from this content. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, If you're here with us, we are going to be talking about Kobe Bryant. Uh, This is our first installment of MBA Mentored by Adversity. Um, where we typically bring on a guest uh, and ask them a series of questions about their leadership style and how that style was was crafted uh, and grown through adversity that they've gone through in their life. Um, with the the anniversary of of Kobe passing away, uh, his daughter Gigi, and of course the other folks that were in the plane crash, uh, we just thought that it would be fitting to to kind of skip the guest uh, and. Go through the same format, but really, again, focus on Kobe Bryant, uh, his life uh, and what we've learned and kind of our our thoughts on his leadership style. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, for some of our again, our folks out there that maybe don't necessarily know all the specifics about him, was a one time MVP within the NBA National Basketball Association was a two-time Finals MVP, went to 18 All-Star games, uh, four-time was the All-Star MVP, uh, all-NBA first team a number of times, uh, of course, won five championships, uh, three with Shaq, and then two with without Shaq with Paul Gasol and some other great uh, folks that he had on the team, and also has the second-highest Uh, score uh, within NBA history, uh, which he scored 81 points, um, which is right after Wilt Chamberlain at his 100 points. Um, I
1: still need the receipts
0: on Wilt's 100. That (laughs) That wasn't an HD. All we have is is the picture of him holding up the the 100. That's all we got. Uh, Um, Exactly. (laughs) Um, So that's that's Colby. In a nutshell, I mean, and, and, you know, regarded as as one of the greatest, if not the greatest player, uh, there's always debates about that uh, in, you know, during his time. But that's, again, not why we wanted to talk about Kobe. Um, you know, if, if you know anything about Kobe, you and if you're a fan, whether you're a, a really follower or even a distance fan, you have definitely heard about the Mamba mentality. mentality. Yeah, and we we wanted to to deconstruct um, from our perspective the Mamba mentality, and again talk about some some differences uh, in regards to to Kobe and his leadership, and really what has stood out to us and what has inspired us along the way. Uh, so again, those were his accolades. Again, hold on and stay with us because we're going to be getting into the, the deep dive into his leadership skills and what we think about that. Um, but we also wanted to talk about again why. Besides all of the great things that he did on a basketball court, um, why Kobe Bryant? Um, I'll start off, man. You know, I remember it vividly. Uh, I have a, a close friend of mine who uh, I was at his house and we were just having a conversation and very, you know, you get the notification on your phone and it's ESPN. And I read on my phone that Kobe has passed away in a helicopter crash. And I was like, no way! Uh, and I told my friend Elliot on the you need to turn on television. Uh, so he does that, and we just sit there in front of the TV for you know, uh, ten, fifteen minutes or so, just kind of watching and getting the news and absorbing it, everything, and obviously just realizing um, kind of the heartbreak that the heartbreak, and also there wasn't that many details at that moment, right? It was still, it was still just breaking news. Um, and, you know, at that point, I was there for maybe 20 more minutes, you know, watching from once, when I got the notification. I just knew it was time to leave. And then I'm going to, to meet my wife and my daughter. And then I'm also hearing that it wasn't just him, possibly his daughter, other people that were, you know, in this in this crash as well. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, for me uh, at, at 43 now, 42 at the time uh, and thinking about myself, the the age that I was at, uh, my daughter, my youngest, uh, who at the time was 13 years old as well. Uh, just so many similarities from that perspective. And it just really hit me hard, man, to uh, to lose somebody at such a young age. And again, what he meant to the basketball community, but even to the world, uh, because of his focus, his dedication. And again, the things that we're going to really, some of the things anyway, that we're going to be breaking down. Um, so it just touched me, man, even this this morning and as we were kind of studying and preparing for this, uh there was some some moments where you know i just even still kind of got emotional just thinking about that time and just really thinking and listening to him and listening to other people talk about him and what what he meant to them again more specifically from a leadership perspective Um, so i just want to share that because again that was just a a fresh memory uh, of of that moment um and kind of how it impacted me at the time
1: yeah man i um I can completely relate uh, because I I know when we got the news. So my youngest uh, man, man, his birthday is the 25th Mm -hmm. and uh, Kobe passed on the 26th. Um, And so we were recovering from just, you know, his first birthday and having folks over. Right. Um, You know, kind of taking it a little bit easy, you know, watching TV, all that good stuff, man. And then the news came through and you know immediately like i felt myself like overwhelmed with emotions um again not because of you know his physical you know prowess and what he was able to do on the court i mean that that stuff always it's i don't care you know who you are or in what realm when you see somebody living out their fullest capabilities and doing that at a high level. That's always entertaining. Like I'm not a huge golf fan or a tennis fan, but when you see somebody who is the pinnacle of excellence, living out the best version of themselves, that's always entertaining. So seeing yes. Kobe on the court has always been entertaining, right? Cause you could see he was really in his element. He was fulfilling his, his calling, his purpose, something that he loved, but that's not what broke my heart, man. It was my deep appreciation for, his mental prowess um and i think that's where without question you know he uh, you know he is hall of fame from a mental perspective um and there's just so much that as a, a young man growing up and just having that example and seeing that example of what does it look like to conduct yourself with excellence mm-hmm. in your space and the pursuit of excellence um that really rubbed off on me it rubbed off on me you know as an athlete it were rubbed off on me when i got into the professional space and there was just so much that i was able to learn from his mindset and then to your point as more stories came you know more news came out and then it was clear that um you know it just wasn't him it was other individuals you know it was his daughter um you know it was you know friends and family member you know friends that that um close friends uh, of the family and their children right mm-hmm. and you start thinking about all those things and you can't help but think about it as a parent. And just, again, the, my heart broke again. Um, and so it just seems appropriate that for somebody of his caliber that has truly had a tremendous impact on some of the most formative years of my upbringing, um, you know, uh, for me as an athlete, to, to me as a competitor, to me as a person, to me, as a from a, from a mental perspective, um, it seems only fitting that we take time to do his memory justice, and really to break down, to your point, what that Mamba mentality is about. Because again, even after his career, like during his career, it became prevalent. Um, you started hearing that kind of that 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 branding that was associated, you know, with how he approached the game and approached the preparation. Post his career um, as he started to go into the second phase of his life um, and really connected with his community and doing phenomenal things um, just as a citizen of the world, being an ambassador for the WNBA, mm-hmm. what, he, what he meant for, um, you know, representation and, um, and sh- you know, a, you know, what I would consider definitely a, a, f- a feminist right? a feminist mm-hmm. or a champion of the feminist movement um, in terms of, you know how he advocated um advocated for uh representation and inclusion and equality inequality and the pride that he has you know had with being a, a you know a girl dad right a girl dad yeah. then you started to hear that mamba mentality um you know thrown around a lot more as athletes focused on living that living that living that example that that kobe set. and so um i think it's become trendy it's become catchy as a brand but people don't necessarily understand the components that contribute to the mamba mentality because i really do believe if you listen to to kobe you know if you listen to him speak if you listen to him talk if you watch his example there are key things that contribute to the mamba mentality that you can deconstruct you can learn from and then you can uh incorporate into whatever you call your court right whatever you call your court um, and so, uh, I'm excited to be able to share this with our legacy leaders, um, and to, you know, uh, break down somebody that meant so much to both of us.
0: Absolutely. For sure. Um, so let's jump into it. Um, we, we went over his, his accolades. Um, and, and the one thing I didn't mention that for me is, is one of the most impressive of his accolades. And, and again, we will get into this as we, as we pinpoint specific areas. Uh, of his leadership style, that we feel again are are part of what makes up that that Mamba mentality, is the fact that he even won an Oscar, you know, for mm-hmm. for his short animated film, uh, and again, it just speaks to the hard work, the dedication, and just doing everything with excellence. Um, so, to somewhat follow, you know, kind of our 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 process and our method, right? You know, that self leadership is important so we can kind of start with some of the attributes and maybe fit more into that that self-leadership right uh and one thing that we that we knew about kobe bryant is that he was self-confident um in in, in a number of ways and you know as we we're getting ready for this um and you can see as, as I was watching videos and kind of, you know, listening and reading and stuff like that. Um, he, he made a comment that like the person that I am now and and like the leader that I am now, I was that way at, you know, 19 years old, but he was doing this, you know, as, as a professional basketball player with grown men who are like 35 years old. And they weren't hearing that from this, basically a teenager, you know, when he started, um, So the self-confidence was always there. Um, But I think for him, you know, it was learning like it it was never going to go away. That was just his personality. But how do I learn to to within that self-confidence still build trust in the people that were around me Uh, so they can see that that that's just not like cockiness. It really is just a self-confidence that one I'm blessed with with skills uh, and, and God given abilities. But then, when you said earlier, when you add on the level of intensity and work that he put he put in to maximize that potential, uh, I think just really brought that level of self confidence to you know just uh, kind of through the roof, you know, when it came to yeah. to his personality.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, and I would say, kind of in that space, um, especially in the professional space, right? There's multiple ways, like or professional sports space there's multiple ways that you can build rapport and what we're talking about is you know he had to establish trust and you've heard us if you've been following us for a while we broke down the formula to trust which is competency and rapport Um, and there was no question about his competency when you're considering what he was able to physically do on the court as a 19 year old kid coming out of high school how he was well regarded. I mean, you know, consider the you know, the top pick, you know, um, arguably the top pick. I think he ended up going second overall. And then now he steps into the space with other individuals who have been established professionals performing at that level. And again, you have that age gap and you can't just be good at, you know, um, you know, at hitting a jumper. for me to be moved for me to want to follow for me to want to lead you have to be able to build rapport and what i appreciated about um kobe is his approach to building rapport he he still didn't deviate or acquiesce to who he was as an individual he didn't shrink himself Mm -hmm. in order to build rapport it wasn't about quelling his self-confidence he just knew okay look naturally I am not necessarily the the small talk chit chat guy. That's not me. And I'm not going to try and be that, right? I'm going to be 100% authentically myself. Because again, back to rapport, authenticity mm-hmm. is a critical component. But he knew the best way that I can build rapport with folks is for them to understand that my competency and my confidence is earned. It's not taken. It's earned by my effort about yes. by how I work and by modeling the 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 desire to 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 you know work at my craft and to put in the hours through that people were a was able to establish rapport because they started to understand ah all right it's not an area there's not an arrogance there there is an assuredness rooted in rooted in the fact that he knows he put in the work to, to have this type of aura, right? To have this type of aura to carry himself that way. And so um, that's one of the lessons that, that, you know, I just really walked away from, you know, or walked away with about his story. Um, again, the different ways that you can build rapport, you know, rapport doesn't necessarily mean that you have to shrink who you are, compromise who you are. It means leaning into who you are, being a hundred percent authentic, right? And then demonstrating through your effort, right? Earning through your effort, the the respect the trust the rapport with others around you um, and so yeah, I just thought that was a uh, super super powerful man he is um, he's definitely self confidence uh, personified um, mm-hmm. when you hear him talk you know when you hear him talk when you hear um, his his fire to compete just his fire to compete um, I don't think there was ever a moment where he felt like um, you know I'm not the best player on this court bar none. I am not the best at what I do bar none. Like I think in every facet of his life, whether it be on the court, off the court, um, again, as a, you know, as a father, um, as a, as a philanthropist, mm-hmm. as a, as an entrepreneur, just that mindset of I am the best at what I do. I can do this, whatever I want to do, I can absolutely achieve. Um, and uh, I just, that really resonated with me, man.
0: Yeah. It's, it's important, you know, To be a leader and and to inspire folks, people appreciate self-confidence and they appreciate seeing somebody who who has a really good understanding of who they are, what their passions are, what drives them, what standards they have. He was very clear on what standards he had for himself. And because he had those standards, he knew that he was going to place those same standards on his teammates. But again, that that confidence, people appreciate that. And especially, you know, you talk about, you know, coming through in the clutch. Having that that confidence allows you to perform better in those moments. And it gives other people the confidence in you that you're not always going to be perfect, but more times than not, you're going to come through in the clutch. And, you know, we've seen it. We've had our own stories and examples uh, of some really, extreme or kind of fiery moments, you know, in the business world, Uh, you know, both of us together, we have over 30 years, you know, within corporate America and and leading teams as small as five to leading, you know, 250. And even now, I mean, you as a director, you know, the multitude of people that you're responsible for. But when you're in those moments, there's situations where things go wrong. And sometimes they go wrong fast. And people are looking to you to see how you're going to handle it and having having that confidence that i've been here i've put in the work uh, i'm going to trust in the knowledge i have the instincts that i have uh, and whatever it takes i'm going to do what needs to be done to to resolve this situation having that self-confidence is seen by others it it, again grows their trust in you but it also provides a little bit of, of sometimes a lot of confidence to your teammates like man well if this person is confident and they're feeling like we're going to get through this like i know that we're going to get through this uh -hmm. and and that was definitely another another aspect that is is important for for leaders and you definitely saw it in in kobe as well it's just the ability to inspire people you know and, and and get the most out of them and show them that that we can achieve you know that we can win a chip we can win that championship. Uh, we can, you know, we can beat last quarter's goals. You know, we can, uh, we can secure the funding for this new business. Whatever you know that it is that you're looking to achieve, and that you know, kind of that monumental goal that you have set for yourself, being able to inspire folks to do that and to want to put in the work, and, and you know, figuratively speaking, run through a wall with you and and, and for you. Um, it it all comes down to how you speak to people and and how you're able to inspire them to reach deep down inside of them so that we can, as a team, reach to those higher levels of achievement.
1: Absolutely. One of the things you said that really stuck out to me too is, you know, um, the instincts and Mm. I, I can't, it's not lost on me that, um, for him to be so young, you know, entering the NBA, right. Um, entering this professional space and thinking about like, you know, where, where I was at 19, um, you know, to have the instincts of leadership, right. The instincts of leadership, like to know how he needs to, to comport himself, to know the amount of work that he needs to put in, like the process of learning how to be a professional period Mm -hmm. in any industry is a learning curve and it's a steep learning curve, right? Because you're you're learning all of these nuances and new norms and unwritten rules, right? Things that are not, um, explicit rules, but they're kind of implied rules about, you know, just how you, how you carry yourself, how you communicate, how you dress, um, you know, how do you prepare? Like, you know, again, nobody's telling, nobody is telling, um, you as a professional, um, whether you're an athlete or, um, you know, getting out into the world as an adult, nobody's telling you that your bedtime like you have a set bedtime. Right. But you also understand that if you have obligations and commitments and people are counting on you that you have to regulate yourself like you have to self-impose you know, bedtimes and making sure that you're getting meaningful um, rest and sleep and all of those things so that you can be the peak you. Um, And so I I just I'm I was floored. I'm floored when I think about the instincts that he demonstrated at 19 years old um, about learning how to be the consummate professional in terms of his craft, in terms of his preparation. And you can tell that from his rookie year to the year that he retired, that level of that standard that he held himself to. Never deviated like it didn't change, like the same expectations he had of himself as a rookie and getting in court work and getting in, you know, your free throws and three pointers and putting time in the gym, the gym time. Right. That didn't change even after he won five rings and, you know, was MVP and 18 time, you know, um, you know, all star and all NBA like that didn't change. The level of self-discipline, the amount of self-discipline, the amount of instincts it takes in order to maintain that um, is also impressive because I think we see it sometimes even in our own lives. Right. The the habits and the disciplines that we've put put in place before we've achieved what we set out to achieve. And then once we hit that level of achievement, you know, to maintain that that level of intensity and consistency in our habits, sometimes we struggle with. Like yeah. Sometimes you know we struggle with, and and we slip. And to to see that that was not the case um, in terms of his approach to the game, um, I think that there's a hell of a lesson, um, a hell of a lesson in that um, as well.
0: Yeah, that was you know part of what you just said. You're know, talking about habits and routine uh, is one of the things that we actually called out uh, in the uh, productivity secrets video series that I did. That's a part of our focus for success. Uh, online course, our first online course that we have. Uh, so if you guys haven't checked that out, uh, definitely we'll make sure again that the uh, the website address for that is in the show notes. Uh, but the Focus for Success helps you with productivity secrets and diffusing distraction. But th- again, those habits and how important it is to, to create that routine and sticking to that routine uh, on a consistent basis and how it just it allows you to to perform so much better, not just for that day, but the residual impact that that has when you start to do that day in and day out for one month, three months, a year, not two years, three years, four years. And you may make adjustments along the way, definitely, but just keep into those habits you know, by the time you know it when it comes to especially if you're thinking about your craft and what you're trying to do and what you're passionate about uh and and focusing on it intently like that for that length of time that's how you truly become a master at what you do um, and of course you know the the accolades that we've mentioned um again i mean he was just great at what he did but it was those, those Seemingly little things, but those little things added up and the daily habits and the daily routines that he had um, That were instinctual that that had to do with his level of discipline that allowed him to be as great as as he was So self-confidence is key uh, from our spec from our perspective when it comes to to the mamba mentality and leading with that mamba mentality uh, the ability to inspire folks uh, and mm. and get them to to maybe see things in themselves that they don't necessarily see, to get them to, to want and desire to achieve more and to put in the work to get there. Um, now that doesn't always happen, right? So you can be really good at inspiring people and getting them to feel kind of that good feeling that, yeah, I wanna do that, but then the hard work comes in. Mm. And if they're not doing the hard work the ability to hold people accountable. Number one, to hold yourself accountable, which again, he, he exuded that, exemplified that on a consistent basis. But because of that, and because of the level of work that he put in, he he felt like he had no choice. Like he demanded that, that accountability from everybody else. And if you're not gonna work hard and do what you need to do and push yourself to the max, then really, I don't want to be around you. Like you're not going to be a teammate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably would say when you, when you hear about how people talked about his personality, and he probably did. Uh, I don't want to be around you. And he wasn't <laughs> a big talker like that. You know what I mean? So um, have to be able to hold people accountable. Um, and what I liked about what I saw, as again, as we were preparing for this. And I know you want to tell a story about Allen Iverson. Uh, it, may, it might not be about this this particular section, but if you know anything about Allen Iverson, you know one of the the most famous sound bites is him talking about practice, practice, practice. We're talking about practice, not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> but Kobe had like the complete. Opposite, opposite thought process. Mindset. No, we're gonna practice and we're going to practice hard, and we're actually gonna we're gonna work and play harder in practice than probably we do in the actual game. Because we're pushing and we're working so hard in practice that it's gonna come even that much easier in the game itself. And when it does get hard, like we've put in the work, we've prepared for this. That gets back to the self-confidence. know, we're confident in this moment because not just myself, but I pushed you, I held you guys accountable. We held each other accountable to put in that work. So now when we're meeting those tough times, we have the confidence as well that we're going to be able to get through this. Uh, But it comes down to to accountability and to be able to to speak that way to other people, to hold them accountable and demand that from them.
1: Yeah, this is what I would say he's probably the most well known um, for in terms of Um, the relationship that he's had with his teammates. Yeah. Um. Right. I mean, I know you know you guys may have seen the clips of uh the Laker practice um and he's just calling everybody out and he's you know yelling and like we saw the Charmin and and just going off right. Um. But again, it comes back to to that account that accountability and um earning that right through his effort, through his hard work, through his own self accountability. Um, to create that healthy friction with this team, yes. and what I love, what I love is that when we're talking about accountability, he never, he never expected his teammates to deliver the same level of talent as him, right? As a leader, like, but he demanded that they provide the same level of effort. Yes, and those are two different things, and I think that's definitely something that I've always carried with myself as a leader. I've never. Looked at my team and said that they need to have the same level of talent or skill set as me. I've never required that. But I did expect that they have the same level of effort as me, right? As me. And I, I think, like, when I think about Kobe, that's exactly one of the things that just resonates is going back to that practice. He's not asking everybody out there, like, all y'all need to be able to, to score 81 and hit the clutch shot. That's not your game. He knows what his talent and his game is, but damn it the way I'm killing myself right for this team, I need to see that same level of of effort for everybody from the, from the star, from me to the guy at the end of the bench. And if that effort is not there, that's when you started to, to see that healthy friction of challenging people, right? Challenging his teammates in order to, to get to hold them to a higher standard and for them to get better. Um, and I, I keep coming back to healthy friction because I think that was one of the skill sets for sure that Kobe had in spades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm even, you know, I even recall, um, you know, hearing a quote from him just kind of around that. And, you know, I, I recall him saying that, like, the topic, the topic of leadership can be a touchy one um, because a lot of leaders fail at, at having the, you know, the bravery the bravery to touch that nerve or strike that chord with their teammates. Mm -hmm. And for him throughout the years, you know, he just never really had that fear of that healthy friction, but it was always from a great, it was always from a, a, a a sincere place of, of helping to raise the, the, the performance of those that were around him. Um, You know, when you talked about inspiration and, you know, how his effort, his, confidence in his effort helped to inspire others and he was well aware of that he was well aware of the power of his his example not just for those that played with him but those that he was going to play against and i know um you know you you'll have a a story that can kind of highlight that um from something we heard from jay williams about the power of his effort or his example mm-hmm. uh but just talking about inspiration uh you know kobe um you know, was, you know also said that for him the most important thing The most important thing to him from a leadership perspective was to try and inspire people in all the different ways that you can inspire them to try and inspire them so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. Um, And the for me, the operative word there of that phrase is for them to be great in whatever they want to do. They want to do right. Not what I want them to do. And so that lesson just as a leader about I have an obligation, if I know what your aspirations are, to help bring out the best in you, whether that means, you know, encouragement, motivation or healthy friction so that you can be great in whatever you want to do, not what I want you to do. If you signed up for this and you're saying, hey, this is what I want to do. I, as a leader, I have an obligation to help you be great at what you want to do. Um, and I just think that was powerful because every single person that he was balling with was living out their dreams as a kid. You know, these, these folks have spent years and years on this craft playing a game that they, that they love, that they did for fun, that they used to do when there was nobody in the stands and uh, you know, there was no um, endorsement deals to worry about or anything like that. Like they are just picking up the ball and playing the game that they love. And so to be blessed enough to be in a position To turn that into a career to turn that into an opportunity to feed your family right to pursue a championship to perform at the highest level with some of the best players in the world like this is what you want to do and so i'm not going to allow you to fall short of your greatness your potential for greatness and i think you know just kobe um, Kobe definitely believed that he exemplified that he personified that I'm not going to let you fall short of your potential for greatness when this is what you wanted to do. Um, and that's definitely a lesson that I've just carried with myself, man, uh, you know, from his example.
0: Again, talking about inspiring, right, it's just inspiring, inspiring to hear him say those things and to watch how that was played out and lived out of his life. I was listening to a clip of him on the Joe Rogan podcast, and they were talking about the the relationship with him and Shaq. And of course, there's a number of stories and books written and stuff like that. But the question he asked him was like, was there ever a time that you and, and Shaq didn't speak? And Kobe said, no. Like, I was always talking. We were, we were always communicating. It may not have always been like friendly or kind of positive, you know, communication, but I was always communicating with him. And, and you know, one of the points that he was making too, to, to go back to what you said and piggyback off of that, one thing that's inspiring is that I think he also, when it comes to accountability, is that he, like, honor that opportunity that you were talking about. Like, you have these skill sets, this this gift that you've been blessed with, honor that, with putting in the work. So he knew, you know, at a certain point in his career, like Shaq was pretty much saying, well, like, why do I need to work as hard when, when I know Kobe's gonna you know, be working out 10 hours a day so I can kind of relax and chill. And like, Kobe's like, no, like, that's not how we do it. Like, if I'm gonna be working 10 hours a day, again, I expect you to be working just as hard. And that was, you know, where some of that 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 rift and that break, you know, came in in their relationship and all that kind of stuff. But it was just a point that one, he's super transparent, you know, which is 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 needed when you talk about healthy friction and holding people accountable, just being real with folks. uh, And there's always going to be communication. Sometimes we're afraid, again, to touch that nerve and to have those conversations. But he leaned into it. He leaned into it. And made sure that you were going to know how he felt, and it is up to you to decide what you wanted to do with that. Um, so definitely self-confident, definitely inspiring leader, uh, definitely help people accountable. Um, and then one of the other things that you know that we wanted to touch on, which it was a good segue to it to what you were just talking about as well, is just that pursuit of excellence. Everything that I'm going to do, I'm going to do it with excellence. And again. I want to inspire and, and in some ways, hold people accountable to doing the same thing in their life. So, one of the the accolades that I mentioned uh, that I kind of forgot about at the beginning was the fact that he won an Oscar for the production of this animated film. So, as he was going through that process and, and you know, talking to to animators and designers, like he was asking those questions, you know, and, and really trying to gauge like what is the, What is the level of their passion for what they do? And I only want the best. And if you don't think you're the best or you're not aspiring to be the best, then you're not the right person for this type of project. And again, just demanding that level of excellence from himself. But again, because he did it uh, of himself, he was able to demand that level of excellence from everybody else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, one of the... uh... One of the quotes that come to mind, um, you know, that 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 I read, you know, as just kind of preparing for for us to talk about his impact that lines up to that is he was talking about, um, you know, how you're remembered. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I believe he said, like, it's it's one thing that you can control and that you're responsible for. And that's for how people remember you or don't remember you. So don't take it lightly. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so. Uh, so, uh, appropriately, Kobe, right, to say, hey, you're responsible for how people remember you or how they don't remember you, <laughs> right? So don't take that lightly. He definitely didn't take that lightly by any stretch of the imagination. Like you said, just that, that constant pursuit uh, of excellence, no matter, you know, where he was in terms of, um, you know, his, his, uh, uh, you know, his accolades or his achievement or his success in his career. Matter of fact, um I remember watching I watched a um I watched a doc was it a documentary? I think it was a documentary or a clip where people um were obviously, you know, talking about some of the most um impactful moments from their exposure to Kobe and uh really just his competitive fire, right? His competitive fire. Um I would you know say bar none, he's probably top two in the history of the game, and probably you know one top two athletes, period, in terms of just their overall competitive fire. Like everything was going to be a competition. It doesn't matter. Um, but they were known for um, you know in the summertime, you know, uh, ball players will show up and you know they'll go to you know different pickup games and stuff like that, like charity games, celebrity games, and um, he was playing at this uh, this uh, charity game um and he had a he had a flight to catch like he had a a, like a legit commitment he was going to do this this was just like a raise of money for the kids and stuff like that and he was going to go on his way um and as they're playing the game and you can see it on the clip um i definitely want to make sure i find it so we can include it for the for our listeners if they want to go and peep it themselves but you can see on the clip like his group his people are telling him like, hey, Kobe, like, it's fourth quarter, right? Um, it's gotten a, a close game, contentious game, or whatever. Like, hey, Kobe, like, you got to, like, you got to, we got to go. We got to go to make your flight. And you see him saying, now let me fin, like, let me finish this. Like, let me finish this game. Like, it's close. Like, it's close. Like, I want to win. I want to win a charity game, right? And they're like, Kobe, like, but we got a commitment. He's like, hey, let me finish this game. He continues to play, right? Uh, they end up calling timeout. Uh, you know, time goes down. The game is, um, It's a one point game. Right. So they're down by one. Right. And and so, again, just that Mamba mentality, that Kobe moment. Right. They already told him about 15 minutes ago, 15, 20 minutes ago. Hey, we have to go. And he was saying, no, I want to finish this game. And it's for this moment. You see him in the huddle and they're talking and he's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to hit the game winner. Like, we're going to win this, guys. We got this. Like, I'm going to hit the game winner in the huddle. And everybody knows who's going to shoot the ball. Right. For this. And sure enough, bro. He comes down. He comes down the court. Comes off. Of, comes off of a pick. Uh. Uh. Little shoulder. Little shoulder. Hezzy and pops it and ends up hitting the game winner at the buzzer beater of the charity game to go up by two. And made himself late. They had to reschedule his flight for whatever his real commitment was because he was so committed to excellence that he couldn't even turn it off for the charity game. And um, that's one of the things that. You know, I just I really appreciate about the the effort, Mm -hmm. the effort and just the 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 focus, the intensity, regardless of what the stakes were, right, regardless of what the stakes were, like whether it didn't, whether it was for the NBA championship or whether it was just for this charity game. He approached it with that same mindset because excellence, excellence is habitual. Excellence is a habit. Right. And so if I constantly am, you know, flexing this habit and demonstrating this habit, then it's nothing. It's nothing for me when the stakes are raised. I've been doing this. I was you know, I was telling myself that I'm going to, you know, kill myself and make sure that we win in a charity game. And a charity game, the charity game meant the world to me. So can you imagine what this championship means to me and what I'm willing to put in? And so I, I just I love that because, uh, again, it was just, it's, it's a, an example of how you should never let the circumstances dictate your effort mm-hmm. when you know that, again, excellence is habitual. Um, and so yeah, man. I just thought it was a like super super powerful clip. I was watching, I was cracking up because they're they're literally like, "Hey, bro! Like, my job is to help you stay on time and like manage your schedule, and you have commitments." And he's like, "Nah, nothing is more important than this charity game right now, and making sure that the team that I'm on wins because this is my habit. Excellence is my habit. I'm a winner." I thought it was awesome.
0: I think it also speaks to. His ability to be engaged in the moment is definitely that drive for excellence and not wanting to lose. But again, it, you know, kind of for a typical person, it'd be easy to say, "All right, well, now I got to go." But realizing one, I want to win this game, and I'm pretty sure he's also thinking about the people that are watching in this charity game. But you know, whatever it meant for that organization and those people, but just being focused and fully engaged in that moment. And what I love to. What I saw in some of the clips there there was a a clip that I was watching where Kobe was hurt uh, and he was in his suit during the game and during you know the breaks he's sitting there with with the pad and he is just teaching he is teaching and he is inspiring and he is instructing which is a another uh, super high quality uh, of a leader and I'm sure in that moment while he wanted to win and he he wanted to do it with excellence like that was a moment to to also teach those people that were on his team, right, and to inspire them in that moment, as opposed to saying, "Oh, sorry, guys, I got to go because I have this other obligation I need to get to." Uh, so again, just being fully engaged in that moment. You know what you talked about habitually doing those things. He was saying how he he realized at one point, you know, very very consistent with his daily routine and. I guess he was waking up like maybe six, six to eight, come home, uh, rest a little bit, eat, go back, um, and you know get another you know two hours or so. So I think the way he described it told him maybe he was working like four or five hours throughout the day. Then he realized, well, if I get up at four o'clock, and then I can get to the gym by five, and I can work out for two hours, five to seven, come home go back for maybe you know, nine to 11, come back home, go back for another two hours, come back, go back for another two hours. So now he's literally at working out and focused for eight hours a day. But what he said is, and, and he knew, which is another point that I forgot to, to, to write down, but he studied the game and he studied people and he knew the workout routines of his competitors. So he knew if I add another four hours of, of practice and working out to my day, every day, every week, every month, every year that I do that, cause you can't get time back. So while those people, those other individuals were putting two or three hours of work in every day, he's putting eight. And again, the, the compounding effect of that, after so many years, he's like in five years, How much more time do I have over these individuals because I made those adjustments and I was disciplined, I was dedicated. And again, that pursuit of excellence drove him to say, no, I know this guy's working out four hours. I need to work out six, seven, eight hours a day. But again, the the thoughtfulness to to know that five years of me doing this and they're only putting in three or four, I'm going to be light years ahead of them. And there's no way they can make that up. You just can't. Ever. You cannot make it up because it's time that's passed. Math. And again, it, yes, it's math. so so critical to being engaged in that moment. And I'm going to take advantage of the time that I have because I know that it's fleeting. I know that it's not promised, uh, and once it's gone, it's gone.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, what I love about that too is it, it. He really personified what happened when what happens when uh, talent. And hard work coalesce, mm-hmm. right? Like um, I know I was sharing with you, you know, for for my boys, for Geo, um, and even Linux, even though he can barely understand, um, right? Is I, I stress to them how hard work will always beat out talent. Hard work will always beat out talent, no matter how talented you are. If somebody's working harder, hard work will beat talent. Now, when talent decides to work hard, that's a scary thing and kobe is a perfect example of that like coming into the league from a talent perspective there was no question about his game and his skill set i mean you know he's blessed with you know with six you know 6768 you know um, good good handles great jump shot good feel for the game instinctive feel for the game you know still had athleticism so he's jumping out of the gym like he had all of these physical attributes that were going for him Right. And it was very easy for him. It could have been very easy for him to rest on those laurels and just depend on the fact that he was the most athletic person in the on on the court. Right. And see where that took him. But he didn't just, you know, um, he didn't just, you know, settle for for being the most athletically gifted. He wanted to be the most mentally gifted and he wanted to be the, the most gifted from an effort perspective. And we all have examples within our own lives or, you know, know, even watching sports where you see somebody and they're playing at the highest level. They're competing like hell and they don't necessarily have the most, you know, natural gifts, Mm -hmm. but their effort has earned them the opportunity to be um, on that field. Right. Or to be in that space. And you just you admire that. And then we also have examples of individuals who are just some of the most naturally talented, God gifted, um, you know, given ability. Uh, but not putting in the effort, and they're able to still perform. They're able to still get by, but you always think about, like, how much better could they be, and, you know, Kobe was the example of where you have, you know, this the hard work and commitment to effort, like somebody who had no talent with the God-given talent and ability. That's when you surpass great, and you become something transformational. Um, and so, uh, you know, to hear him put in that type of work, and the, what I love about it, too, is, it it was such a juxtaposition to, uh, you know, some of his peer group, right. Cause like, you know, you and I were talking about AI and, you know, Alan talking about practice and Kobe's the exact opposite. He's like, no, yeah, it practice absolutely matters. We gonna practice hard as hell. Um, I remember, uh, you reading a story from Alan, uh, from Alan Iverson, you know, kind of talking about when he first came to LA, um, to play the Lakers, um, you know, uh, you know, and it's his second or third year, like it was around the same time that, you know, Kobe had, had actually started. And so they were both on the rise. And um, again, they have a relationship. They were in the same draft class. And then Kobe went second. Uh, AI went third or something like that. Right. So um, <clears throat> they, uh, you know, they link up when Alan comes into town, Kobe picks him up from the airport. right? right. Like, All right. Let's go grab a bite to eat. They go grab a bite to eat. And, you know, they're eating, they're talking, they ca- they're catching up. They're just kind of shooting the breeze like folks do. Right, it gets to like maybe about you know ten, eleven o'clock at night. All right, man, let's you know let's head out. I'm leaving. Right, like let me take you to your hotel. So Kobe ends up taking Alan to the hotel, and as Alan's getting out, AI's getting out the car. He's like, "Hey, bro, like you know it's L A. Like what's popping in L A. Like what you about to get into, you know?" Um, and uh, Kobe was like, uh, "Kobe was like, uh, well, I'm about to um, I'm about to go to the gym." I'm about to go get this and go to the gym and put up put up some of these shots and Allen just like immediately felt like man I see serious because in Allen's mind what he was about to get into he was about to get into the club and the nightlife. Yeah, right. And that's just the difference right both of them got given otherworldly talent Allen Iverson by far is probably one of the most gifted all-around athletes, like pound-for-pound athletes. I mean, he was a phenomenal football player, phenomenal basketball player. Um, The things that he was able to accomplish on the court um, was tremendous, right? And he's definitely a Hall of Famer in his own right with some of the things that he's been able to accomplish. Um, But you have Kobe, who has that same level of talent, but a different level of drive. And the only example that you really need and the only stat that you really need, because both of them put points on the board, both of them have scoring titles, all that mm-hmm. stuff. is, You know, how many rings does Allen Iverson have? How many rings does Kobe have? Right. That's a, that's the stat by itself. Um, and, uh, you know, how, what do we associate Kobe with and his, and his his story? And what do we associate with Allen Allen Iverson's story? Right. Um, and uh, I, I just think that, man, that's powerful, again, to see that example of what happens when talent and hard work converge. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, that's that's definitely something, too, that I, I just try to carry with myself. There are definitely some things and some skill sets and some attributes that um, I've been blessed with. Um, but I'm more concerned. I'm more concerned about the um, the hard work component, like the hard work component. I'm mean, making sure that I, I'm keeping myself honest there and bringing that to the table. Um, because that's how you really um, become transformational as a leader
0: yeah the the team will will move at the speed of the leader so the faster that you're going the harder that you're working again it gets back to to inspiring people to to push themselves and to want to do more Uh, so the last story because we did mention jay williams which is very similar to to the Allen iverson one again he's going to la um not meeting up with kobe but in his mind uh, the Lakers had just won the championship the year before, uh, and Jay Williams was a great player for the Duke uh, University, and then was drafted to play for the Chicago Bulls for a little bit before he got hurt. Um, but he knew, okay, I'm, you know, we're going to LA. I'm going to get in there, and, and I'm going to work out, you know, for about an hour or so, you know, prior to the game. So he gets to the gym, and he walks in, and he already sees Kobe there, and Kobe's already been working out. Um, so he figures, okay, I'm probably going to put about a good hour in uh, and, and do my thing. So he does that. Probably worked out. He said for about an hour and a half, and, and is at that point, I was like, okay, I, you know, I feel feel good about what I did. I'm going to go to the sauna for a little bit and chill out. Um, so he starts to leave, but he still sees Kobe working and practicing and doing his thing. So he's like, I'm just going to sit here, uh, and he probably sat there for about 20 to 30 minutes watching Kobe, and then finally decided. All right, now it's time for me to go. I'm going to go ahead and get inside to get ready for the game later. So they play the game and he was like, it was like burning inside of him. Was like at the end of the game, I just had to ask Kobe. Like he went up to me like Kobe, like I was in the gym working out. I saw you like, like why? Like why were you doing that? Why were you working out for as long as you were working out? And Kobe told him, I was like, well, like I saw you there. Of course, I knew that we were playing and there was no way that I was going to let you think that you were going to be working longer or harder than I was. And Jay Williams was just like just thrown back by that. And again, it just speaks to to the level of excellence and the pursuit of excellence and how hard he was willing to work. To achieve the goals that he was trying to achieve, uh, and for our legacy leaders again, when you talk about leaving a legacy for generations to come, um, again, you know, we were both touched by by his life, and I thought about it even last year, and you know, for me too, I guess it was it was profound because I, I, as a young man, I watched him his whole career, you know, as a sports fan, kind of just growing up, uh, again, same age, and just watching him along the way. Um, So it was just, you know, again, just touching to me to to see the loss of his life and of course his family members and stuff. Um, But the legacy that he has that he's left behind again is that Mamba mentality. Uh, And I'm sure for our folks out there that that know Kobe or have followed him or maybe have listened and read some books, uh, there's some different aspects to that Mamba mentality. But when it came to to leadership, you know, we really felt like there were some things that again that we wanted to pinpoint for you guys. Uh, so we talked about the self-confidence and uh, we talked about how that self-confidence, you know, definitely feeds into the ability to inspire people to, to shoot for greatness themselves and to, to dig down deep and maybe find something and bring out that they never even really knew that was there. Then accountability, you know, your, your, your ability to hold people accountable uh, and the, the phrase that. I'm gonna say I coined years ago that that healthy friction, uh, and and being transparent and not being afraid, like he said, to to touch that nerve, and, and to push people's buttons, but doing it because you're trying to get the best out of them. And if you don't if you don't want to work as hard, and if you're not going to be as passionate, then again, maybe you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be around on this team. Um, and then the pursuit of excellence, just doing everything with excellence, uh, from how you practice. From how you play in an exhibition charity game uh, to to the time that that people didn't see. And I think about the amount of hours that he put on the court where there was nobody around, and it was just him and that basketball and the thoughts in his mind and what he was doing, again, with that pursuit of excellence, uh, to, to challenging designers and animators for them to be the best. And I, again, expecting that Asking of that, and then you see the fruits of that uh, when, when you see, again, the accolade of him even and his company, you know, winning the honor of an Oscar, you know, for somebody who was as great as he was as a basketball player. Uh, and then the other part of that legacy, when you lead with self-confidence, when you inspire others, you hold them accountable, uh, you create that healthy friction that's appreciated, uh, you're transparent, you have that pursuit of excellence. People love you for that. When you hear, you mentioned it earlier, when you hear his teammates, like they appreciate that. I think of Lamar Odom. I heard him saying, like, now I needed Kobe. Like, I needed Kobe when there's four minutes left to tell me, now I need you to do this and then I need you to do that. And he wanted that and he desired that. He's in literal words, I needed that from Kobe because that was a level of respect uh, and trust that he put in Kobe Bryant and again that's the legacy part of the legacy that that he's left behind and he said all his teammates that he won championships with they all love him they all love him the ones that probably thought different about him were the ones that they didn't win championships with and there was probably there was a reason for that you know what i mean so um again just a a a really good opportunity to you know, to rethink really about what does it mean to live as a leader worth following uh, and then how do you lead people to do the same and then in doing so leave a legacy for generations um, so it was it was definitely fun man to to be able to again kind of. You know, go through some of these things a little bit more intently, listen to some of the quotes, uh, watch some of the videos and just read about, um, again, not just the great things that he did on the basketball court, but how those things and how he conducted his life. And he wasn't perfect. By no stretch. I mean, you know, there was adversity that he went through and things that, that he was challenged with in his life, but even working through that adversity to becoming the man, the husband, the father that he was, uh, the supporter of not just his family and the women in his family, but again, women all over the world and the WNBA, um, and just a supporter that he was. Again, it was just phenomenal to see to see that growth and, and watch that. So um, again, very appreciative of, of Kobe, the legacy that he's left behind, the Mamba mentality. We hope that, that you guys were inspired as well uh, by just listening to some of the stories that we shared and just kind of our take and how it's touched us uh, along the way. Um, one thing I would say again, guys, you know, we, we certainly appreciate you guys listening and, and and watching on the YouTube channel. Again, please show us some love, leave some comments. Uh, go ahead and review uh, the the podcast itself. Uh, If you're more uh, with the vidcast and watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure that you like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel as well, and then hit that alert button uh, so you're always alerted when we have new videos coming out. Uh, We're getting ready for next week, which is going to be the next episode, episode 28, uh, which is going to be about grit and, 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 and perseverance and really how do you to use grit and cultivate grit in the workplace, which is a great segue from what we were just talking about when it comes to code because he exemplified grit and he definitely knew how to, to cultivate grit in his own workplace. So you're not going to want to miss that uh, as well. Um, And again, if you haven't checked out, you know, one thing that we didn't touch upon was just but all of those things allow Kobe to just have a laser like focus. And you may be asking yourself, like, how do I do that? How do I develop that laser like focus? Um, We have put in a tremendous amount of work and we've done everything that we can to pursue excellence, to create this online course for you guys, which is the Focus for Success uh, e-learning course. Uh, Again, you can find it. Um, online, the link is going to be in the show notes. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, we have two um, separate video series, both nine videos apiece. One is going to teach you everything you need to know uh, as far as productivity secrets are concerned or productivity hacks. If you're you know not able to get your to-do list done, uh, if you feel like' you're, you're unorganized and just out of place, you know if you're a business person, an entrepreneur, you have so many things going on and you're trying to tackle everything with efficiency, It is definitely going to help you. And then there's so much distraction around us, right? So Devon crafted, uh, again, nine video series on distraction, diffusion. How do you diffuse all of that? But more importantly, specifically for you. So Devon shows you and breaks down some things that you can do to find out a little bit more about your personality. And once you have that inside look, how do you use the techniques and strategy that we're teaching you? again to be able to diffuse all of that uh, and then focus for success so that you can reach the goals uh, that you want to achieve uh, and in doing so exemplify some of that that mamba mentality um, so again thank you very much you know you can always follow us coach uh, underscore jimmy g jr on instagram you can follow uh, devon as well at leadership docent follow us at legacy leadership on instagram uh, then youtube LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can follow us and rock with us at the Legacy in Leadership podcast. Uh, and if you haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? Make sure that you join us in our Facebook community, which is Legacy Leader Community. We're going live every Wednesday for our cold brew and combos with the L3G coaches. Uh, and we're just teaching again. we So we talked about Kobe, and how he taught and took that opportunity. We love to teach. Um, we take that opportunity to do that in the Facebook group. So you don't want to miss that. Um, so many, many ways to interact with us, to ask more questions and to continue to have these conversations. Uh, so please do so. And then share, you know, share this concept with somebody that you know is going to benefit from it uh, and be able to, to learn more about what it means to live as a leader worth following, how to lead others to do the same, and in doing so in their own way, leave a legacy for generations, for their family and the people that they're close with. Um, so again, Devon, I really appreciate just kind of hearing uh, the Your feedback and your research and the things that you came across, Um, it was good to, to, again, just break down Kobe in this way and his leadership style and, again, deconstruct that member mentality from our perspective. Uh, We hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, As always, uh, until next time, we appreciate you guys very much. God bless and stay encouraged.
1: you have just listened to the legacy and leadership podcast hosted by jimmy gonzalez and devon watts thank you and we hope that you live lead and leave a legacy worth remembering until next time